FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. And Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Akib Shabazz, we're all back in the same room again. It is State House Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. Before we begin the show, let's meet the panel. You know him for 30 years in the Indiana State House, the most beloved man in all of Indiana politics and government. That is, before he became friends with me, the great Jim Merritt. Hello. Robert, Happy New Year. Uh, and you know him as the owner, the operator, the provocateur, the head provocateur over at IndiePolitics.org, the one and only Abdul Akib Shabazz. Hello. Doing good, my friend. How's it going this morning? Uh, uh, doing great. All right, so let's uh, start with resignations galore. I thought we'd be talking about the uh, Indiana General Assembly, which we will, but uh, a couple of big resignations. Uh, Greg Pence, Larry Bouchon out the door. Jim Merritt, you've known these two people for a long time. Are you surprised? Not at all. I think it's very difficult. Um, when I thought about running for Congress, I, I felt like I was going to live on an airplane. Yeah. And you have two residences, your family's in one place, you're in the other. And it's kind of a cluster out there anyway. And so uh, when you're when you're somebody who is a member of Congress who has uh, big plans to make a, a big, make a big footprint in policy and 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 go to the big U.S. Capitol and and shake things up. After a while, uh, when you know there are like two or three people that run Washington, I'm sure it gets frustrating. I'm sure you get tired. And after a while, it just gets old. And with with uh, Congressman Pence, uh, I'm sure having his brother's family out there was a cushion. And uh, Congressman Bouchon is a noted doctor, and his wife is no doctor, and his kids are getting older. So there are plenty of reasons why um, this doesn't surprise me about these retirements. Abdul, you know these people. Uh, we'll, we'll get into maybe some reasons here in a second, but uh, we were both uh, a little surprised at both of those uh, resignations. Well, the first thing I did uh, when I found out that uh, Larry Bouchon was resigning and also Greg Pence was resigning, I sent a text message to Rudy Yakum and Aaron House like, hey, you guys aren't leaving, are you? <laughs> so so just, just, just to make sure, because uh, we've got we'll basically have four open congressional seats. Uh, the selection cycle. You'll have uh, Jim Banks' seats open in the third. Uh, you'll have the fourth open. You also have no, not the fourth. You have the third open, the fifth open, uh, because Victoria Sparks isn't running again. You got the sixth open and the eighth open. So, like I said, to check with Rudy, Rudy Yakum <laughs> with house, like, hey, you guys aren't going anywhere. And also something else to keep in mind too, uh, with their resignations, the most senior member of the Indiana congressional delegation will actually be Andre Carson. All right, Jim. So there's people who, I don't know, have done some math and they've uh, kind of lined all this up and they say, well, that's really convenient that these two guys, Bouchon and Pence, are getting out of there right when they become eligible for their uh, their government pensions. Uh, are we just uh, gunmen on the grassy knoll, uh, flat earther, we didn't land on the moon conspiracy theorists? Or, uh, I mean, look, both guys are getting out at the exact same time they become eligible. That's kind of weird. Well, it is. But it, with Congressman Pence, uh, he is uh, he has a military retirement, and uh, he was, I believe, a Marine. Can't have too many retirements, though. <laughs> I mean, things are getting really expensive these days. He, uh, both these individuals have done well in, in life and will do um, even in better now. Uh, Congressman Bouchon is a noted doctor. His wife is a noted doctor. 
they have had very much success in, in our economy. Uh, Congressman Pence, I, I don't know what his financial situation is, but there was always a rumor that he wanted to be lieutenant governor for some reason. And uh, maybe that will come true if Suzanne Crouch wins the nomination in May. But um, <clears throat> you, you could you could look at about any uh, any factor in in uh, retirement. But it, being a member of Congress is a slog and it's very difficult. And for to do it for 10 years or six years <clears throat> is uh, notable. All right, Abdul. Actually, something to keep in mind, too, is that uh, I remember when I was in grad school, I did some research on term limits. And most of the legislative body, the half of them are gone in 10 years. So eventually with 20 years, you have almost a, almost a complete turnover. Now you have some folks who are lifers, uh, but I'm not surprised uh, that they're leaving because it's sort of the natural progression of of things. All right, yeah. So well, let's talk about real quick. Uh, Jim mentioned this, Abdul, the rumor that Greg Pence is wanting to still be in politics and the rumor that he was wanting to be lieutenant governor. Now, this trial balloon was floated out there last year, right? There was some big you know, uh, just backlash over this when poor Robert Vane put it, we love Robert Vane, but he put that out there and, uh, he's a, what a communications director or whatever he is for Suzanne Crouch. And then there was this huge backlash and then Suzanne came out and uh, kind of refuted that. Is that still on the table? Uh, I was, uh, first of all, in politics, anything is possible. So that's kind of point number one. That's why I never, I never use the term never and always because anything can always happen or, or, or possibilities. Uh, the rumor was that Greg Pence, Suzanne Crouch was going to pick Greg Pence to be his, her lieutenant governor candidate. Uh, but then the rumor mill said that it was actually Greg Pence who started the rumor or someone in the Pence campaign who started the rumor. So that all sort of uh, end up where it is. Uh, as far as lieutenant governor goes, uh, I, I still think it's a possibility, but I, I would not put money on it just yet. Yeah, well, Abdul, what fulminated, what, what grew that rumor, that, that possibility was that Congressman Pence donated $35,000 to Suzanne Crouch's campaign fund, correct? I think so. Yeah, and so that's a large amount of money. I mean, I know I need more friends like that, Merritt. <laughs> I can't think well, don't any, look at this friend. I don't think anybody's ever given me $35,000 for any reason uh, whatsoever. So, uh, all right. So let's talk about kind of the step two on this. The replacements. Which is the replacements. And, uh, that's the fun part. Mike, Mike Speedy. <laughs> Merritt, you know Mike Speedy? You yes, guys work together? Yes. Uh, he sprinted to the nearest uh, cellular telephone within minutes, it seemed like, mm-hmm. of the Greg Pence resignation and said, I'm running, which to me, and Abdul and I got into this the other day, gives me credence to me that like, okay, this wasn't just made at the spur of the moment. Some people were kind of maybe aware, but let's talk about that real quick. seems like bad etiquette to me that if you're going to quit, you're going to do it basically filing day or the day where the filing opens because people need to kind of talk to their families. They need to start raising money. Mm -hmm. They need to be able to, you know, have prayerful consideration. It kind of seems like bad etiquette to quit right when people should be filing right well i mean you're the you're the recovering politician in the room <laughs> uh, representative speedy has been going to uh, district meetings and and uh parties in that district for a long time now and he's anticipated uh this happening with uh this congressman pence and so it was not news to uh, to Representative Speedy, uh, he's he's a pilot, so he could fly over to Washington D.C. <laughs> if if he should win the primary, because whoever wins this primary is going to be the next member of Congress. But but uh, don't forget, uh, there are other members of the legislature. Senator Rotz would be an excellent uh, member of Congress. He represents the Richmond area, and and uh, and it, I can see um, people from Indianapolis who run for this seat 
or from central Indiana uh, cut each other up. And and somebody from Richmond who uh, represents several of the communities and counties that are represented in this seat, uh, I, I, I see that as a real possibility. And, and I, I, I think a lot of both Speedy and Rods. All right, Shabazz, you're the uh, gossip merchant here. Uh, <laughs> well, you... Let's put it this way. When I was at the State House yesterday, I walked over to Senator Rods like, Congressman? <laughs> he just gave me. He just gave me that look, and then I was uh, a friend of Mike Speed, like congressman, <laughs> and, they, and they both gave me that look. I mean, that just made their heart sing, though. <laughs> so you got those two. Anybody else that's considering getting into the uh, into the process that you're aware of right uh, now? Yes, uh, former State Senator Carlin Yoder. Who oh yeah, lives in the city. That's a name from the past. Is uh, about eight percent sure uh, that he was going to possibly run. He's got some business uh, obligations. Got to uh, so just see how it's going to affect his company and lobbying efforts. So he's a possibility. Uh, I know there are a couple other folks who are out there in the in the sixth congressional district because you remember the sixth the sixth congressional district is all of East Central, the good chunk of East Central Indiana, and the three southern townships in Marion County: Decatur, Perry, and Franklin. So any anybody in there uh, is is a possibility. Mm-hmm. You've also got folks from Shelbyville who may be considering running. Uh, let me put it this way: the the list is not short. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So let's uh, let's transition down to the eighth. But it's the eighth, right? Yeah. That's where Bouchon is. Uh, Merritt, you know any poor sucker that would want to subject themselves to s- the scrutiny associated with uh, running for Congress in the well, in Southern Indiana? Well, you know that being a member of Congress from that district, they, we used to call it the bloody eighth, and maybe it's still that because it was highly competitive. Now it is a a Republican seat, and uh, at one time, uh, Congressman Bouchon, I think, represented like 19 counties in the whole region, and so whoever whoever steps up has quite a uh, uh, quite a job in front of them. I've always uh, I've always enjoyed I enjoyed working with Senator Eric Bassler, who's the uh, senator from Washington, Indiana, and is I believe still in that district. And I and and uh, and I think he'd be an outstanding representative for that region in uh, U.S. Congress. So Senator Bassler, um, I'm sure there are other people who um, who are um, are thinking about it. But the, you know, these as we know, these seats only come up every six to ten years, and and so there will be a lot of people interested because it could be the time in their career they could step up from the legislature all right yeah. abdul who who in the eighth who's uh, who's rumored to be out there that may be uh well, climbing the, their way up the corporate ladder let's put this way when I, when I originally wrote the story i had my list of names and i had people like no i'm not running yes i'm thinking about running so i've been changing it back and forth for oh. like the past, <laughs> yeah. past, two, past two three days uh my list of people uh in the eighth uh are uh, uh senator mark mesmer uh from the from the from the area he's thinking about uh possibly running uh also uh my list includes uh Former Secretary of State Holly Sullivan. Oh, uh, of course. Uh, was, sure. was a possible contender. Uh, Evansville Mayor Lloyd Winnicky, uh-huh. uh who's in the area. And also uh, Matt Hosettler. Oh. Uh, John Hosettler, son of uh, John Hosettler, used to be the congressman. Former congressman, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. And then also uh, I'm hearing the gentleman who ran against Sarah Bouchon in the last primary. I can't remember his name. Is also thinking about running. So once again... Anybody who is not running for Congress, take a step forward. <laughs> All right, let's let's uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into the uh, beginning of the legislative session, and uh, we'll talk about the first week. They're back. Are there any big ideas? We'll talk about the governor's state of the state. More on that it's coming up. It is uh, State House Happenings on uh, 93 WIBC and across the state on Network Indiana. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. 
FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com, and I know you will, too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com. Rob Kendall, Jim Merritt, Abdul Kim Shabazz, the program of Statehouse Happenings, your weekly look at what's going on with Indiana politics and government. So the governor gave his final, mercifully for some of us, state of the state on uh, Tuesday evening. Jim Merritt, you've been a part of many of these state of the state addresses. This is like a, it's a big deal for you guys if you're in the uh, Indiana General Assembly or a statewide office holder. It is a big deal. And <clears throat> uh, anybody that serves in public needs to be thanked. And and thank you, uh Governor Holcomb, for your uh, what would be eight years in office, I think that his 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 remarks were quite, kind of uh, remembering those seven years now that he served in in the governor's chair and um, a little bit of policy uh, workforce, uh, you know, the prenatal care with infant mortality is something he's always cared about and. Uh, there were really no surprises in his speech. Uh, I, I think that um, I think they're going the wrong direction right now. But uh, bottom line is, is he gave his speech, Abdul, and and it, it was over. And um, he has one more year to to um, to serve. They missed a comma, so there's a billion dollars that were missed. And so, you know, I, I think that I think he will try to do economic development like he's done the last seven years. And um, and and he'll keep a track of IDC, and I I just think that it it it's not really with Mitch Daniels that had an hourglass on his desk with the sand uh, flowing through it, or and and so it's just a different um, term of gubernatorial expertise than expertise is a strong word with that guy, Jim. <laughs> well, the bottom line is. Every governor is different, from Mitch to to um, Governor Pence and now Governor Holcomb, and uh, I think we can all look for the future now. All right, uh, Abdul, you you were there. You were sending me photos of various people that you were <laughs> voyeuristically snapping photos of. Look at this guy, boy, doesn't he Do look terrible? Ask you some questions. Yeah, look, look, this, this guy look awful. Uh, Actually, the guy was sick. Um, well, he didn't stand on a number of occasions and uh, didn't really applaud. So. Okay, so state of the state speech. It seemed like, unlike years past, where he had some really big ideas, there didn't seem to be really any big ideas this time. Is this because it's like senioritis last year out the door? Adios. I, I think I think there's a little bit of senioritis. And I think Jim's right. You know, every governor has uh, their different style of delivery and at different points in their in their term. Uh, your your first state, your first state of state address, you know, has got these big ideas, you no know, bold of it. Your last state of state address, like ah, it's been real, it's been fun. Maybe next time it'll be real fun. Uh, <laughs> no, Eric still has some things he wants to do uh, with with workforce development, like Jim said, with with, with infant mortality, uh, which we thought uh, were fine. Uh, like I said, I thought it was okay. It, it wasn't a home run. It wasn't a single. He didn't strike out. I thought he, I thought he hit a double. I thought he was That's fine. That's well said. That's yeah. better said than I did. What's he going to do? I mean, he's never worked a real job, so what's he going to do? There's no political openings. That, I think that what he'll out. do is go work for a foundation Okay. and, and, uh, and uh, probably – uh, dissolved from the political scene. I don't see him being in, in politics after he's I finished keep, as governor. I keep hearing uh, uh, that Holcomb may go work for the IHSA because he loves high school sports yeah. and high school basketball, so he may find something in that in that, in that that lane. Yeah, and let's face it, he's never going to sell it 
But last year's state convention where he was booed and he didn't give the speech that, you know, the big day gave the speech the night before. And then the fact that, yeah, and then the fact that his handpicked person, Holly Sullivan, got just trounced by Diego, who's arguably the worst statewide candidate in the history of the state of Indiana. That probably, well, Jim, I'll start with you on this because I'm sure Abdul will no-sell this. So I'll give him the opportunity to filibuster after you go first. (laughs) That had to be a bit of an eye-opening thing for him of how disliked he is by the base of his party he won his re-election you give him credit for that but he didn't do that inside the republican party he did that with a lot of democrats voting for him he he um he he believes and if you look at his remarks in the last couple of years he looks at the the total rather than the republican party or democrat party he looks at his poll numbers and, and abdul knows this much more than i do but uh he looks at the whole as you know somewhere between 60 and 70 percent of the people that support him there's never been any conversation about the about the, the Republican Party in total. I don't think he could win a primary today. But uh, he he if you if you go to different events and I have for the last couple of years, uh, there's not been this this enormous uh, reservoir of support for him. And and uh, I think everybody's looking forward to the the primary and and picking who they believe would to replace him. And uh, I, I think his footprint will always be in developing the LEAP project into in going around the world and representing Indiana and trying to bring uh, jobs here. And, um, and he rode a camel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, too bad they didn't leave him there. Uh, Abdul, what, like, what, what is his – I guess this would be the question is what is his political sway at this point? Because – you saw, you see Susie Crouch running away from him, yet she fully embraced him at the state of the state. And so I'm just curious, is he a help? Is he a hindrance? Obviously, we're going to find out Brad Chambers, according to your reporting and others, not doing very well in the polls, at least right now. So, and he was the right-hand guy for Holcomb with the, with the uh, IEDC. So inside the Republican Party, how much juice does Holcomb have left? Well, I would argue... Uh, he's still governor, and the governor is still the most powerful figure in the state of Indiana. So you got, you got to keep that in mind, uh, whether Republican or Democrat, you know, liberal, conservative, progressive, whatever, he's still governor. And when the legislature is gone, the, the joke is the governor is still the most powerful person yeah. in the state of Indiana. So you, you still got to deal with him. Uh, so number one, you, you may not like him, may not like his policies, but at the end of the day, uh, Eric is just basically, okay, let's you know get ready to turn off the lights, you know, lock leave the keys in the mailbox for whoever's going to take over over next, uh, which will likely be uh, a Republican. Even though I still think there's a there's a chance that Democrats have have a have a bit of an opening, depending on who Republicans uh, nominate uh, come May. Now, now with that said, I, I would not underestimate uh, Eric. Eric is still a political creature because he was chairman of the state party. Yeah. You know, worked for John Hosettler, you know, worked for Mitch Daniels. So Eric is still a political creature. But I think at the end of the day, his thing has always been. How do I leave Indiana in a better place than when I found it? Yeah, he, it's legacy. Yeah, it, working on a legacy right now, and his legacy is in his in his mind in, in his administration is is um, really kind of risk free, risk free, but um, trying to uh, continue the wave that that uh, that the party or excuse me the state is in economically and 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 do no harm. 
and uh, and I think that's what the legacy is going to be. Jim, you used to get along very well with this guy. Then you became uh, associated with me, and they <laughs> threw you out on your keister there in the governor's office. Sorry about that. Does he? But you kind of know him and the people yeah, around him, sure. and you're universally respected. Does he understand inside the Republican Party how divisive he is, and so much of it was of his own doing? Like, I mean. The Petri dish comment stuff, the just smug, holier-than-thou COVID press conferences where he was just totally wrong on a whole a whole bunch of stuff, the shutting the state down, the Malik Muhammad meet-and-greet. Does he, does he understand any of that? Does he, or in his mind, is he so insulated that he thinks, oh, yeah, everybody just really likes me? Yeah. Well, last year I was at a Lincoln Day dinner in Bartholomew County in Columbus, and uh, – and, uh, Trey Hollingsworth, the congressman from the area, came in. Is he still around? He didn't go back to Tennessee? Is he still an Indiana resident? <laughs> and, and, he, um, and he came in and just waylaid the governor on, on the pandemic and the shutdowns and, and everything that went on with the approach. And, and you know, uh, to, to the benefit or just to give a little to the Hulk administration, nobody really knew what to do. There, we were not prepared the save Indiana, the U- U.S. government was not prepared, but but uh, Tennessee Trey, if you wish to call him that, it, uh, he came in and just waylaid him, and I could see the Holcomb supporters were really itching and, and just kind of moving in their in their seats. They were very uncomfortable with it. The answer to your question is, I'm sure the governor was very much in in in, in knowledge of uh, that he his standing in the party. Had had really really uh, fallen. Abdul, does he? Uh, you obviously do a yearly interview with him, and you're good friends with him. And I mean, does he? Does he look at? I mean, there's a huge portion of the Republican Party that can't stand the guy. Does he look at people like me and just go, "Well, you're an a hole and uh, screw you"? Or does he say, "Well, maybe there is some validity to maybe I was a little more divisive than I than I needed." To I be. think, frankly, I think what's what's done is done. What's passed is passed. And to keep looking back on. You know, the pandemic and the mass mandate and the shutdown. I mean, it was a hundred year pandemic. We hadn't dealt with this like in a hundred years. Yeah, but it's, it's the. No, no, hold it's, it's, but it, but it, no, 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 wait, Abdul, Abdul, you have your own show. I'm the host here. I will allow you to speak, but I'm the host here. He went out of his way to be divisive. When you call someone a human petri dish, but the Malik Muhammad's of the world noble, you're going out of your way to be divisive. It's not what he did; it's the way he did it. Does he have any? Is there any regret with that whatsoever? When I asked him during our interview, interview, I want to say last year, do you have any regrets with the pandemic? He's like, no. Like we did, we we knew we did, we do things differently, probably, but we were in a hundred year pandemic. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, Rob is. What would you do different? Everything. Nothing he did was the science. The science now shows there's nothing he did, Jim, that stopped one person from getting COVID. There's no there's no proof to that whatsoever. And to call someone a human Petri dish, Malik Muhammad's noble and the people who went and picked up all their trash and behaved themselves and not one person got arrested to call those people a human Petri dish Mm -hmm. and to finger wag at people. And where he's saying, oh, you got to wear a mask and you got to not go to work. And he skadoodles out of that press conference and is photographed not wearing a mask with a bunch of strangers. People look at that and go, you're a jerk. Well, the, the, what my point is, is that uh, one of the legacy items that he could have is say, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. And and uh, maybe a letter to the next uh, governor. Richard Luger wrote a, a book called Letters to the Next President in, in saying, you know, our communication was this. Maybe it would be improved. 
I think it would be a, a real benefit for the governor and his administration to kind of open things up and say, you know, we were flying blind here. This is what we did. Maybe this is what the next governor should do because we will have another crisis. We will have another uh, pandemic, and and uh, that's what my my book is all about. With lessons learned, that when be is that coming released. out? It'll be released this year, and uh, I it, want Abdul it, to have the first interview. Well, we will have uh, solutions for the future because Perfect. the lessons learned uh, through the pandemic. All right, uh, State House happenings. Rob Kendall, Abdul, keep Shabazz, Jim Merritt. All right, Abdul. So legislative session started Monday. Monday. Is that right? All these yeah. days run together now. You were in some sort of VIP box, no doubt, <laughs> covering the event. Oh, just just a press box. <laughs> and and we talked about this, much like Holcomb's State of the State, it doesn't seem like, we talked about this last week as a preview, there's anything really big. Their goal is to get out of there as soon as possible and create as little headache for themselves as possible. Yeah, I put those, I'll take famous last words for 100 Mr. Trebek. <laughs> <laughs> What, what I mean, so other than this reading thing, they're very um, upset about third graders reading. Yeah, uh, uh, there's, there's going to be an issue with third graders. Uh, a, a significant portion of uh, Indiana third graders not passing. I read, uh, and you can you can pretty much tell the I mean the, the the science has been there for years that you can tell what your prison population is going to be 10, 20 years down the road by looking at uh, whether third yeah, graders can read. You're right. Uh, so there's a question about uh, dealing with the third graders. Uh, do you deal with the in third grader? Do you start get start getting them early? Uh, this issue of social promotion, that's going to be a big issue. Uh, also, uh, the LEAP district is going to be a major issue. I spoke to a number of lawmakers. Uh, really? Tuesday. They're going to actually do something potentially about this? Uh, potentially, yeah. There, no there, kidding. There, there's a lot of folks who, who aren't happy with the LEAP district, or at least the way this LEAP district was done in the IDC and, and the whole water issue. Yeah. that. Also, the whole issue of anti-Semitism on college campuses. Uh, just because somebody may be pro-Palestine, does that necessarily make them anti-Semitic? I don't think so. Uh, but it'll be that sort of back and forth uh, as well. How what, what are they going to do about the campus speech stuff? So I, I've long wondered this, and and, and, you, that, and that's the big issue. You is, have the you have the right to be a lunatic if you want, as long as you don't harm other people. Exactly, you can be pro Hamas and be totally outside the mainstream and have an unacceptable mainstream opinion. But just like other things, I mean, if we're going to say, hey, you should cancel Alex Jones. How are you going to cancel people? Exactly, I, and that's going to and that's going to be a big issue, which is why the Senate wants nothing to do with that. Uh, the folks on the House side do, and then there's also uh, what I call the, sort of the Valentine's Day massacre, that <laughs> issue that always pops up right around Valentine's Day that nobody nobody saw coming. Whether whether it's a policy issue or lawmakers sticking their you know what's in places that probably shouldn't be. There's going to be that issue out there as well. Hey, before I let you go, you reported in the cheat sheet. There's a bunch of lawmakers uh-huh. that can't have female assistance. There are four. I was told there are four lawmakers: uh, two Democrat, two Republican, <laughs> both House, both the Senate, uh, who have not been allowed to have female L- L- LA assistance because because of their 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 predisposition toward inappropriate That's behavior. So. It, it is pathetic. That is, Jim. You you worked there forever. Were yeah. there ever people that you were like, "Hey, Fred can't have a woman around him alone because that's not going to end well." Yeah, we have. We didn't have that, but we had other problems. HR was. I was part of HR and big deal. But that's you know, pathetic. This, and, and, Chairman, and Chairman, the call is like, "Hey, I need to talk to you." Yeah, well, stop that. Yeah, my, my office was called the woodshed. Uh, but 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 let's talk about legislation. Number one, they don't have any money. Uh, number one, they missed the comma. Number one, number two, it's not a legislative session that'll deal with money, and and anything you talk about with uh, college campuses, uh, if you're going to get somebody's attention, it has to be through the funding, and 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 so you you don't have any way of of uh, registering that type of 
dislike of uh, of campus activity through money and and so that's there but 13,000 kids uh, flunked that I read three uh, course now uh, from kindergarten to third grade you learn to read and then on you read to learn and from uh, four you know through 12 and and so Apparently none of that's happening. What what the legislature should be doing is they should focus on this cliff. We've talked about this with Medicaid, with with reading and with loss recovery, reading loss recovery, learning loss recovery, is this cliff is coming in September, and there are hundreds of millions of dollars have been spent from pandemic monies, three different funds, and we are losing or all that money will be withdrawn from the federal government and there'll be a cliff on all these reading programs like strive and south bend and there there are a lot of different programs in indianapolis and the legislature should focus on what they're going to do to continue these reading programs oh my but, goodness but, but also rob there it'll be a surge we have 30 institutions higher education institutions in the state of indiana that produce teachers, prepare kids to be teachers. We ought to surge it, and uh, instead of talking about keeping, you know, uh, having a stronger retention, let's take care of the problem and let's use those teachers. And actually, and actually one of the things. Uh, Ten seconds. Actually, one of the things the speaker mentioned was sort of catching kids like in that first and second grade before we get to the third grade cliff. Right. All right, we got to go. Bill keeps you buzz. Jim Merritt, you're the best. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com is here to bring fresh fruits and vegetables right to your door. No need to ever leave the home or deal with the stress that is having to go to the store. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com makes it easy to order fresh fruits and vegetables online with the click of a mouse. I'm Rob Kendall. I love FreedomFoodsIndiana.com and I know you will too. It's a great way to keep your family eating right without the hassle of having to shop. FreedomFoodsIndiana.com that's going to do it for us this week. Be sure to find Abdul on Twitter at A-T-T-Y-Abdul. Jim Merritt on Twitter at Jim underscore Merritt. Me, I'm on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. For Jim Merritt, Abdul Kim Shabazz, I'm Rob Kendall. You've been listening to Statehouse Happenings.